You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him dart back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast and about clutch points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Buck Lovell, with me once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We are wrapping up our division overviews for the 2021 NFL season. And, of course, uh, this would not be a true wrap-up of this series without finishing with our one and only AFC South, which uh, regular listeners will know is the brand, the division of this podcast. And uh, we talked about the craziness with it over the years and I think this season I don't really know for it's craziness more so I mean I don't know what the right word is Dylan it's going to be an interesting season but um, I think it, it could be one where as we've said before you could have one of the worst teams in the NFL you could have a team hopefully on the rise in Jacksonville you could have a team in the Colts that's kind of has maybe a wide range of what their season could look like and then the Titans which I know that was kind of the running joke a while back, but I have very little reason, I think, to doubt the Titans at this point. So maybe it's um, unpredictability as usual, but I feel like in terms of where these teams finish, uh, there's probably a little bit more clarity than maybe we've seen in recent years. Yeah, it's not so much that I have like a ton of faith in the Titans because of the defense and obviously losing Arthur Smith and hopefully they're able to continue to perform at a really high level in offense, but it's more so, yeah, it's less of, it's less confidence in the other three teams and not really knowing. Um, maybe the most confident about the outcome is with one team. That's the Texans. I think they're going to be really bad, but yeah. other than that, uh, with the Colts, they're, they're going to have one of the widest uh, win projection totals here on this episode. I feel like, a lot of things could go in different directions. They do have a great depth, but a lot of questions under center. Obviously, it does sound like Carson Wentz will be back by week one, but what Carson Wentz are we getting? And then the Jaguars, as you mentioned, they could be on the rise, but still a really young defense. Not sure how quickly that unit is going to perform at a top level. Uh, the C.J. Henderson kind of trade rumor stuff is throwing things off a bit um, as well. So it's it's kind of... I mean, and the offense, obviously, it's one preseason game, but they, they definitely have a little bit of work to do in an offensive line that they, they have added some interesting pieces, but struggled at times. So, uh, yeah, it's it's more, I think the Titans are just easily the team that I, I at least know, I feel like, that at a certain base level, what we're going to get from them, or at least I feel pretty good about it. And the rest of the division, it's going to be, uh, yeah, this is why we love this division. It's all over the place. There's always, it always feels like one team kind of plays better than we expect another there's always maybe one of the worst teams in NFL in this division it feels like just yeah. trading just trading franchises this year but uh yeah man um uh, I, at this point out of all these episodes funny like as much as I don't 
feel like the Titans are on necessarily be, unless the defense takes a big step, not considering them a big Super Bowl contender. I might feel, you know, just as optimistic about them in this division as a division champion as some of the other really big favorites that we've talked about on previous episodes. Yeah, just for reference, and this will kind of come into play when we talk about the win totals, the NFC West and the AFC East are the two divisions that I believe, is that correct? I'm going through this now. I think that's right. Yes. So it should be the uh, NFC West, AFC East are the two that uh, the AFC South will play outside of the other normal rotation <laughs> type game. So um, that is something to keep in mind because I think those NFC West games are going to be very interesting for a lot of these teams. And it may be something that caps the win totals for some of these teams in the, the AFC South, which is why the Titans and the Colts right now, both at the same number of projected win totals at nine, which mm-hmm. it's not a lot. Um, that's a, you know, that's a, a usual 500, slightly above 500 type of record for, you know, those two teams. If you just look at it that way, we'll start with the Titans. Cause I think this is um, for me, I think this is the Titans division to lose. I feel probably more confident about that maybe than you do. I just think that, I realize like when you look at the way it's set up with, you know, the Colts have probably more, I think, like you said, I think depth's the right word. I think the Colts probably Mm -hmm. have more of it, but I just think the Titans are probably going to be good enough offensively to counter a lot of that. I would be shocked if this team isn't one of those that is putting up points just at a very high rate. Um, Not that they're going to be one that's throwing the ball 50 times a game, but yeah, I just think that they're, they're they're set up to be in a very good spot offensively. Defensively, yes, like there are questions, and yeah. I think those will have to be answered. But then again, you know, in the new NFL, if you can score points, sometimes you know maybe that's mm-hmm. that's what you need more than anything. And I think the Titans could find themselves maybe in some of these you know thirty thirty eight thirty four type games. But I think they're good enough to probably put up thirty eight type thirty eight points. So. I feel like that's where, to me, I'll I'll give the Titans the edge, but that's probably more so leaning on the fact that I feel like I have a much better base Mm -hmm. of understanding of what I'm going to get from Ryan Tannehill and the weapons around him versus what I'm going to get from the Colts offense. Uh, And I think that's probably the biggest difference for me right now in looking at these two. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, just look at how they performed last year. They still finished 29th in defensive DVOA and won the division. So it's like they can go down from that, I guess, a few spots, right? But yeah. they still won the division last year. Um, they are projected by football outsiders to have the worst uh, defense by DVOA this season. Uh, the front seven is uh, not fantastic. The secondary, you hope that Caleb Farley can uh, quickly you know, stay on the field, first of all, but also that he can uh, perform well when he's out there. Uh, they do have Janoris Jenkins, and it's it's an interesting group. Um, not a ton of faith in the safeties, but uh, um, that side of the ball, again, it hasn't been good in recent years, and they've still found a way to win because their offense has been so good. And, yeah, they should be, even if they you know aren't uh, able to, to keep that top. Uh, they were fourth last year in DVOA and offense, with the second-best rushing game, fourth-best passing game, incredibly balanced. Even if they drop back a bit from that, I, I feel like the defense, even if they you know they know what they're working with, they, they have – Similar maybe to the Chiefs, I do think the Chiefs' defense is a lot better than this, uh, but similar in terms of you, you feel good about how many points you're going to be putting up. You can play more kind of turnover-centric uh, defensive setup where you're willing to give up some big plays every now and then because you will put the offense back out there and feel pretty good about your own potential to score. But if you force some turnovers, it can really uh, swing some of these games. So 
Uh, I yeah, those are the reasons why. Again, I, yeah, even though you said you're confident in them, I am really confident in them as well. To at this point, probably to win the division, they the Colts schedule projected is a, a tad easier according to Sharp Football and uh, Football Outsiders. Uh, even though they do play the NFC West, their rankings for strength of schedule are still pretty low uh, or pretty easy. They're still in the range of like the 10th easiest, 12th easiest schedule. So obviously getting potentially two really, depending on where how the Jags improve, but getting four games against Houston and Jacksonville plays into that. Um, getting the Jets, obviously, in, that, um, the, uh, in, in the AFC East. So there are some things, strength of schedule-wise, where Tennessee should be, that'll help them. I, I do think... I don't think they're going to go lower than like eight wins. So I, I feel pretty good about going to over here. I feel like 10 and seven is definitely within reach. Um, and I, uh, you know, if they, if their defense can even just be average, then you're looking at a team that's winning closer to 12 games. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like we said, like they just, you know, look at the first two weeks, they get the Cardinals, the Seahawks. Um, you go down the line, they got the bills, the chiefs, the Rams, the Saints, the Patriots, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Dolphins. Like, there are a lot of teams that could put up points on them. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's like we said, that's where I think, you know, maybe you certainly have less room for error offensively. But I think they could be good enough to where, you know, again, they, they may be good enough that it doesn't matter. So um, I think, yeah, it's they're going to be one of the more fascinating teams, I think, just because, like you said, there could be such a big contrast and offense and defense for them but uh, with the tough schedule uh, you know like we said I mean you are getting you know some of these teams like the Bills Chiefs Steelers Patriots Saints Rams like these are off I mean Seahawks Cardinals like more than half their schedule are teams that are going to be able to put up a lot of points this season probably so uh, mm -hmm. yeah it's it's going to be something for the Titans I, I'm confident that they'll they'll win a lot of games but I don't <laughs> I don't know, like you said, I, I don't know, maybe if I'm not going above 10, but I, I do think they'll be the best team in the division. And we talk about the Colts. Obviously, they're going to be right there. I think these are clearly the, the top two favorites to win this division without question. Um, I mean, really, I just, I mean, it goes back to me to what is the quarterback play going to look like? Because even if, like you said, Carson Wentz is ready to go, um, I just, I don't have the confidence necessarily that yeah. they're going to be able to, do the things maybe that they will need to do to be the best team in this division. Uh, and that's not, you know, we love Jonathan Taylor, but really, you know, Michael Pittman, yes. Like he's, I mean, he's an emerging type of star type player. I mean, T Y Hilton's still there, but I just, I don't know. Like I, I don't love their offense at all. And I just, I have a lot more questions than answers when it comes to probably Carson Wentz at quarterback. But on the flip side, they should be a pretty good defensive team, um, and yep. that's what they're going to have to lean on, I'm sure, to be able to, you know, to win games. But I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Colts are going to be one of those teams that wins ugly, and at you know, mm -hmm. the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. But I don't know if winning ugly is going to be enough to necessarily get them to the range they need to be in to be a. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team. I just don't see it. But yeah, it's I. I it really, they have to get just some sort of baseline level of quarterback play, whether it be from Wentz. Uh, obviously, there's been some good things said about Sam Ellinger, but it is training camp. It is preseason. A lot of things that yeah. uh, changed when you get to the uh, to the regular season with all the number ones on each side going. I, th I mean, the, the only the one way to be optimistic about the offense, I do feel good about their offensive line. Although Quinn Nelson's injury may be even more concerning for me than Wentz, just because I don't know what Wentz is going to be. I know that Quinn Nelson is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. So having being fully healthy 
you know, with their front five is going to be crucial for them. I, I think they're, if their offense is, you know, anywhere, uh, you know, takes a bump up. And, you know, last year they did finish 12th in, in DVOA, but that's because they had Philip Rivers leading a pretty average offense while they had a good rushing attack. I think, you know, if you become too predictable, even with the, all the great offensive linemen they have, it will be tough to, to continue to move the rock that way. Like, as you mentioned, I do feel good about defense, um, and I, I do feel good about their depth overall on, uh, on most positions. I, I feel even pretty good about the receiving group uh, with, with some of the things we saw from Pittman and with T.Y. healthy. So, yeah, it's just it really comes down to behind, who is behind center. They, if they like, There's so many quarterbacks I, you, know, you can think about in worse situations around the league that if you put them in this spot, uh, just how what their the team could take them to. I think of like a Derek Carr, like even though his offense is great, uh, I'd say the you know the supporting cast here and the offensive line is better than what the Raiders have at this point. Um, but more so just the buoy of the defense that he doesn't have with the Raiders. Like there, there's quarterbacks in that kind of level that are uh, maybe on the fringes of the top ten. Where if you just inserted them here into this Colts roster, I'm feeling I'd probably be picking them to win the division. But just because they don't have that assurance, I I really don't know. <laughs> and it's it's tough to not know that yeah. um, at this point because, yeah, I mean, sure, what if Wentz plays, you know, he, the connection with Frank Reich brings back some of the, the glory days in Philly. That would be fantastic. But uh, predicting that is <laughs> not easy at all. I don't, I don't think it would be in good faith to do so. So at this point, I, they're a team that, yeah, if they got solid quarterback play, they, they could get to that 11-6 and six range. But uh, if they have bad quarterback play, they could be – a pretty average six, seven win team. Um, the schedule does help them a bit. They do have one of the easier schedules again, uh, projected by based on the, um, what the, their opponents are expected to have in terms of the records. But, uh, I don't know. I still see that NFC West, like you said, and I feel like they're going <laughs> to be in, th- in at least three of those games could be underdogs. And, um, even at home against the Rams in week two, and th- you know, when you don't have necessarily everything figured out with your quarterback situation. So, those kind of things are they, they can pile up in a really really tough conference as we've talked about. There's so many good teams in the AFC. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, we'll see when we get our final predictions. But at this point, I am not predicting the Colts to get a wild card berth. No, their schedule eases up on the back half, but their first half of the schedule is not easy. I mean, yeah. legit, legitimately, they could they could be 0 and 5 if they don't figure things out early. They play the Seahawks at home, Rams at home, at the Titans, at the Dolphins, at the Ravens. Their first five games. I mean. Like they, they'll be the favorite in maybe one of those games at the Dolphins, maybe. But I think <laughs> I that's it, that. right? No, I but I mean, they then they'll be the underdog in all five of them. I would guess. Hmm. Do you think that's? I mean, Seahawks, yeah. Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. Like I think, nope. yeah, they're probably the underdog in all five of those. At least starting at if we're, if we're looking at it right now on paper, they're they're the underdog in all five of those games. And then it eases up with the Texans, but then you go to San Francisco and you play the Titans again. So. Yeah, like it's um, it's not as though they can maybe kind of ease their way into it, like they if they can't, like they've got to they've got to get it figured out pretty quickly because they could be in a hole that they just can't climb out of. So mm-hmm. that is something worth uh, keeping in mind with this whole Carson Wentz situation. So and even the back half of the schedule, I mean, it's not exactly easy. I mean, they've got games on there at Buffalo, they've got the Bucks, they've got the Patriots, the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, so. I the more I look at this, the more I look at the schedule. I I, I may be wrong, but I, I just I'm not seeing it for the Colts yeah. unless they just unless Carson Wentz is just mm-hmm. incredible. So, uh, which it could be, we'll see. But uh, I know the Jags are hoping that Trevor Lawrence is incredible. Uh, they're at six and a half wins right now. It's projected total for them. 
I think this is another one of those where it's a different situation than the Colts, but I just don't think you have any idea what you're going to get necessarily with the Jags. I just I feel like it's there, there are just way too many unknowns to get a good feel of where they could wind up the season. Uh, we know anytime you have you know a starting quarterback's number one overall pick, there are high expectations, but um, they have surrounded him with with an interesting group of weapons. I think when you look at you know the receiving mm-hmm. group and. They've got running back depth for sure, uh, but they're still in that process of rebuilding the defense. You know, they've got young guys there. Uh, so I, I I can't say I'd be shocked if the Jags are one of those teams that we look up towards the end of the year and like, well, they really exceeded expectations. But at the end of the day, I just don't necessarily know exactly where to place them. I don't, again, I don't think they're going to be competing for the AFC South or anything. But in terms of a win total, I think it's it's hard to kind of figure out that number for them. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's on their side in terms of possibly competing for the division is, again, it's not the strongest division. Um, they do have yeah. a fairly easy schedule as well. Uh, and the thing is, like, so almost I think it's like the last 10 years outside of 2019, every single year one team has gone from worst in their division to first the following season. I'd say outside of the 49ers, the Jags might be. If you look at the list, it's, it's pretty brutal. Um, but I'd say that the Jags might be the second most likely to actually pull that off this season. Uh, if if the defense for the Titans is just awful, they take a step back without Arthur Smith and the concerns happen with the Colts, then, yeah, if everything bodes right. I just do, At this point, I still need to see more from Jacksonville on defense. Uh, their front seven is probably towards the bottom of the league and their secondary, unless some of these young guys really take drastic improvements this season. So. Uh, unless they really figure it out on offense, that that's already going to put them in a big hole for me. But I, I'm not overly concerned uh, if you're a Jaguars fan you're, about that. You know, making the playoffs this season. It's about taking the right steps, getting the getting the culture, getting the system in place, and having Trevor Lawrence not get rocked too much. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know they their offensive line they've worked on it a bit, but I'd still wouldn't put it uh, you know, near the top of the league by any means. It's probably in the in the 20s range of where you might rank it. Um, that, so, I mean, guys like Chenault and they do have weapons. I think he, as you're seeing quickly in the, and you know, obviously it's still just preseason, but his role in terms of just being able to get the ball out quick for Trevor and just get some positive yards. And uh, you can see the chemistry kind of going between those two. Obviously we know what chart can do bringing to Marvin Jones. So they have uh, James Robinson, as much as uh, I'm excited about Travis Etienne, it seems like James Robinson right now, the reason he's, so incredibly well there's if you follow any film twitter accounts on uh, that are breaking down some of these things he james robinson in the in the, in the pre-snap which uh, you know invaluable for a quarterback so and obviously we know what he can do with the ball in his hand so yeah they they have it's the offensive line that i'm concerned about on that side but i do think lawrence has some good weapons to work with at least and it could have to take a uh, a big step forward quickly and i just i'm not insanely confident in that happening overnight like i you know between shaq griffin coming in and if everything ends up working out with cj henderson uh then you have potentially two solid cornerbacks there that could help that secondary take a step um and obviously they, they, it's not, they don't have really talented guys like miles jack but um, just overall their depth on that side of the ball. I'm not still ready to say they're going to be even an average defense. And 
that that, that leaves them kind of. I, I understand why the win total is where it is. It, it's they're not. A, no one's expecting the Jaguars to be the worst team in the NFL again. But again, they go beyond that, and they they did play closer to a three-win team last year than uh, just a, a single victory. So, um, yeah, I, I I think Jacksonville probably that six and a half range. I don't know if I'd go over it though. Like that feels like a five to seven win team feels pretty, pretty spot on for me. Yeah. sounds about right. I, I don't, I have no idea where to place them. Um, but I could see, you know, with their offense, I could see them doing some things and maybe, you know, winning a few games they shouldn't. Um, but you can also see them losing a few games. Maybe not. They're going to be favored in a lot of them, but, um, they're, they're mm-hmm. somewhere maybe, Hey, they, they find themselves with a lead late and you know, they just can't seem to hold on. So we'll see. Well, and that brings us to the moment I think we've been building towards since we started the series. Um, the Houston Texans who are her, uh, projected as a four win team as of right now. And I, I really, I mean, I don't even know what you say. Honestly, I'm, I have no idea where you even start with this team. They're going to be bad. I'd be very surprised if they are a factor in any way in this division. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, and the thing is, is like, it's not that they don't have like some interesting talent on the roster because they, they've added some players. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting mix of talent with what they've had. I mean, you look at the, everything that you write, like they've got Tyrod Taylor, of course, they've got, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay's there now. Uh, you've got Anthony Miller coming over, you know, Brandon Cooks is like, it's just, it's so, it's one of those rosters where it feels like we literally have no one. So we have to just pick up everyone that's, it's like playing Madden, right? Where you pick up all the available free agents just to try to boost up your overall rating, but you don't necessarily know how they're all going to fit together. Um, that feels like the Texans. It's just, it, this is like such an interesting mix of talent. Although there is some, there's just an interesting mix that they have here. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't expect this team to win many games, but the bigger question is how long is it going to take them to get back on track? I, I just don't know at this point. I think it's a couple years at the very least. So, yeah, it's like when we talked about them previously, most teams that are at this phase of their, in terms of rebuilding, have a lot of draft picks. They just do not. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like they don't have the, the outlet with youth or with uh, guys already on the team, but also draft picks to make that kind of turnaround. Obviously, if all the Sean Watson stuff wasn't happening, you'd feel a little bit better about at least them being able to recoup a decent trade package for him. Now it's it's really unclear what you know what's going to happen with that situation still really weird with him kind of being reporting but not practicing with the team and it's just that i don't know if that how that really helps anything uh their offensive line might be the best unit on the group and that's not saying much because they're uh, on the roster because they're still probably in that same 20 range that the jaguars are this is a team that's projected to have a bottom three by football outsiders defense and offense uh that does not really lead to too much success i i'm really concerned about just basically every other part about this roster i uh, the receiving unit, I you know, there's some solid players, but I wouldn't say that I would call any of them true number ones or anything resembling that. Then obviously, without if Deshaun's not playing, uh, not that Tyrod's been a bad backup or a bad fill-in starter when he's gotten opportunities, but I just the composition of the offense isn't exactly encouraging. <laughs> I think they're going to be even, uh, you know, middle of the road, 16th place in the league kind of thing, and. 
on defense. It's yeah, it's, there's talented players again, uh, and there are on both sides of the ball. But it's just the depth is so low. It's probably one of the least deep teams in the NFL, and a team that by the end of it, I yeah, even though it's a really low win total, I would not be going over. I'd probably be staying away from it uh, personally. I don't know, like you know, maybe I maybe I would go under because four feels like that feels like I could do that if they find a way to win some close games. But I feel like a lot of teams are going to go into those games. Uh, I don't think people are going to necessarily overlook them the same way they would with like the Jets last year um, or what happened with the Rams. But I feel like there are, I just feel like the Texans are going to get beat down over the course of the year. I just, I have a hard time anticipating them winning any of those games against the NFC West. Um, don't, you know, they can beat the Jets. I don't think they're going to, I think they'll lose to the, all the other AFC East teams they play. Uh, maybe they can get a couple of division victories, but four feels like that's their ceiling in my mind. Um, so maybe I will go with the under because then you're at least just pushing. But man, it's it's not. <laughs> I just don't like you're saying. I don't know when. Like, how long is it going to take for them uh, for them to dig out of this? I don't know if the current uh, regime there. I mean, they they just got <laughs> uh, their guy from New England. Um, so I I don't know, man. It's I just don't have a ton of faith. Uh, and what they have at this moment, what what they do in the future, sure they could take some better steps than what they've done previously with the way they've uh, seen some of their players go out and how they've utilized assets and traded up for guys and traded for positions that are not nearly that don't have the name the same value base as what um, they might have anticipated. But uh, uh, I'm gonna have to wait to see it. <laughs> and I, for at this point, they're a team that feels like they're gonna be at the bottom of this division at least for a while and potentially towards the bottom of the league for at least the next couple of years. Yeah. I think I go under four. I think I go three. I think that's where I, <laughs> I feel like they're going to land. I just, I look at their schedule and they could actually have, you know, they could be undefeated after one week since they opened with the Jags. But after that, I, I see the Panthers and the jets. Those are the only two that I look at and say, I feel like they can win those. Um, there's not another one on there. I, I honestly believe that about. So I don't think, yeah, like that's it. I just, yeah, and I'm sure again, you know, perhaps they win one of those, you know, they play the 49ers and the Titans late in the year. Maybe those two mm-hmm. teams are already in the playoffs and they don't have to play anyone or whatever. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where you get into those scenarios. But um, I don't have a lot of confidence. You can tell if I'm picking the under on a team that has a, a four for their projected win total. Um, I don't think you're going to have any Texans mentioned in our final categories here as we wrap up with our picks for some of these uh, different ones. We start with division MVP. I'm going to go Derrick Henry. As you can tell, I'm pretty high on the Titans. And actually, just a spoiler alert, the Titans are going to sweep my entire uh, awards here. I'm going to have a Titans player in every single one of them, which is quite a <laughs> quite a contrast in what we've had over the years. But um, I'm going to go Derrick Henry. I think that he will once again have a big season. Honestly, if, I, if it was anybody else, I really think I would pick one of four people and they would all be from the Titans. Like, uh, legit. I think it'd be Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Like, I think that would be one of my picks for division MVP. I don't think there's anyone else that I would probably look at unless the Jags win the division, then it's probably Trevor Lawrence. But I just don't see a scenario where that happens. So I think Derrick Henry's probably the best bet here. Yeah, the, on- the only guy off the team that I would say, yeah, would be um, probably Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Indianapolis, maybe if they find a way you can. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor leads the league in rushing, and That's then true. that becomes the the guy. But I I probably would stay with the Titans too. I'll, I I didn't mark one here because I wasn't pot. You know, it's it's such a collective on this team. Like it, it really is that that you know obviously they bring in Julio, but the the big three of AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill, all those guys 
on any given game, you can make the argument that they're the most valuable player. I'll put, I'll just say Tannehill because I do think he's a bit underrated, and we did put him on our top ten quarterbacks list, which I believe it was AJ Brown or it was, it was one of the one of the players on the Titans offense that was recently talking trash on the media about underrating Tannehill and not putting him in as a top ten quarterback. We did, uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll go with him uh, for as because even I don't think as much as you know they don't throw the ball a ton, and I, I will be curious to see if that changes with Arthur Smith in Atlanta, but um, I do think Tannehill gets a little bit underrated because of what he does with those throws. Obviously, a lot of clean pockets with the way that they're able to open up with the running game, but he had his great accuracy deep down the field. He stayed healthy the last couple of years. They, as soon as he started playing a couple of years ago, they started winning games. I just think you, you can see the clear connection when he's not on the field that it, it's not a pretty uh, thing still for this offense with all the other talent they have. So I'll, I'll put him as my MVP, just barely over Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, there are several choices, like we said, uh, for that one. Uh, breakout player. This is where things get interesting. I know Dylan's going to go with a, a layup because I've I've taken the layups too in some of these scenarios. I think we both have. And in some of these divisions, it's pretty easy, uh, I think, for this one, which there's no probably big spoiler to release that Dylan's going to go with Trevor Lawrence here. Uh, I think that's a safe choice, um, picking him. I don't think that's a, that's a bad call at all. I'm going to go Josh Reynolds, which I know someone also, Dylan, is familiar with from mm-hmm. his uh, days with the Rams. But I just, again, it goes back to this Titans offense. And when you know all the attention is going to be on Julio Jones and AJ Brown, I think having Josh Reynolds there is the, you know, the number three guy. I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for him. Um, I'm curious, maybe more so than confident in this pick, but I think there's certainly the potential that, that he could be one of those breakout players we're talking about, just based on what we expect from them on offense. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. I mean, I, I mean, Josh Reynolds was always a solid player with the Rams. I'd say that the, even though he has had two great receivers around him and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, that they're not going to draw necessarily the same kind of attention that the two receivers he has here and Brown and uh, and Julio are going to. It's like you're saying, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for him, a lot of easy throws for Tannehill to Reynolds. So I could see him becoming a huge factor. Uh, I, yeah, I did Trevor Lawrence, like you mentioned. I, I do think he's going to have, by the end of it, even though maybe a sluggish start in that first preseason game. But then again, there's I love the, I think it's Kevin Clark for the Ringer always points at this one headline from the preseason when uh, Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were <laughs> drafted, and it said Leaf outduels Manning 33-3 to <laughs> as the final score, and we know exactly how that went. So it's pretty early on, and uh, I, I think Trevor Lawrence will, by the end of the season, be in the rookie of the year conversation even if he doesn't win it um but he's gonna have a great opportunity you know uh, you know they say they want to have a qb competition it's pretty clearly that uh, it's pretty clear that trevor will be the starter so i think he's gonna have a fantastic opportunity i could say Etienne, maybe depending on how dynamic he is again i just think that james robinson at this point has is going to take a eat into his snap so I, it's hard for me to go that route and I, I guess you could say jonathan taylor i mean he had a good season as a rookie but uh, if he again, if he goes to that range where he's one of the leading rushers in the NFL, then I can I think you can make the argument that he would have broken out uh, with that. I'm excited for Quiddy Pay, their defensive end as well in Indianapolis, to to get some pressure with, alongside guys like DeForest Buckner. He's going to have some good opportunities with good one on ones outside. Uh, but uh, I yeah, I went with the layup, like you said. I just feel the most confident that Trevor Lawrence, by the end of the day, will be one of the better rookies in the, in the league. Yeah, I think so as well. And then that, that takes us to. Another one that's probably pretty clear-cut at this point, uh, barring an injury, uh, our fantasy division MVP. I don't think there's very little doubt that we're both going Derrick Henry here. Um, 
like you said, I think Jonathan Taylor is maybe the the next best option if he winds up just having a huge season. Uh, and then after that, I think you're clearly looking at the two Titans receivers, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, probably the next ones in line there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's Derrick Henry is one of the he's going to be a top four, five, six, whatever pick uh, in your draft. So it, he, he's one of the safest guys, even though he doesn't catch even even though he doesn't catch a ton of passes. When he does, he usually gets a big chunk yardage on on some of the screens that they like to run. Um, he's just one of the more reliable guys, and despite not catching a lot of passes, he still usually ends up pretty dang high. Doesn't take a huge drop off in PPR leagues in terms of his overall point output. Uh, no team loves to run the, ball, the rock inside the five more than the Titans. Uh, he gets all of his opportunity to, to punch it into the end zone, essentially. So uh, you're not as worried as you would be with some guys about being vultured down there. So, yeah, he's he's for me the easy pick. I, I think A.J. Brown will probably be number two in terms of, uh, at least on the Titans. I don't know, Jonathan Taylor, again, I, I have a lot of faith in what, if they just get decent quarterback play with that offensive line and what he's been doing and what, what he looks at and some of the things that, I don't think we're uh, we're bad um, bad uh, takes from this rookie season. I think most of the things that he struggled with can be improved on, and by all accounts, from any Colt B writer that you, if you've been reading anything about their training camp and their and all the work they're putting in, it seems like all kind of those uh, mistakes have been fixed. And so I I really am confident in what Jonathan Taylor can do. So maybe he would be my number two but, uh, at this point. Can't see down the king. I think Derrick Henry has to be the number one guy. Yep, I think so too. And uh, yeah, we'll see who maybe emerges to challenge for that spot. But uh, it is Derrick Henry's to hold right now. But uh, that is a look at the AFC South. And uh, Dylan, we have gone through every division in the NFL and uh, looking yes. at sort of our general thoughts on what the expectations should be. But now comes the good part where we start making predictions and we will have those soon enough as well as uh, coming up shortly, we will have our uh, look at the fantasy situation, which we just talked about Derrick Henry in fantasy. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more fantasy in the coming episodes. So uh, before we get there, though, I know uh, everything covered over at Clutch Points, uh, getting ready for the start of the season and all that. So I'll let everybody know where they can find everything. Yeah, you can follow all the preseason NFL games in the Clutch Points app and NFL section there. All of our written content, uh, all the articles we produce, our podcasts are also in that NFL section. You go to our website. Uh, click fantasy football at the top for all of our fantasy uh, takes as you get ready for your drafts or hope, or hope if you haven't, if you already have some of your drafts and looking at guys, maybe you'll eventually need to pick up and guys that are improving or uh, improving their fantasy stock in the preseason and uh, by all accounts by all the reporters. So we have that series. We've been going over uh, first string starters that are in danger of losing their jobs. Um, all sorts of different things that you can read on, on the NFL section and the fantasy football section on clutchpoints.com. Check it all out there, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, search for Establish the Pass on any podcast app you use. You can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on Establish the Pass Podcast.